Welcome back to Crazy Faith Talk. I'm Steve. I'm Sarah. And I'm Erica. So friends, we are finding ourselves in the midst of summer 2022, which like the summers that has come recently, <laughs> is full of fire. So there are lots of things going on in our world right now that are dragging on our souls, you know, watching the news, really anything. There's just a lot going on right now. And so we started out this series about how are we, what are we watching or reading that is self-care for us this summer? Um, But now we've kind of branched out a little bit more for the second half of this series to asking ourselves just in general, what are we doing to take care of ourselves? So last week we talked about the need for community or the time to be alone, um, depending on what you need right now. So where are we heading to this week? So this week is a little bit more of that community talk. Um, When we were kind of talking before we started recording these episodes about where to take this series, um, it really made me think of um, some things that friends of mine from my previous area, um, a bunch of pastor colleagues really asked me to promise to do once I came here was to find groups of people to become a part of that were not church related. Um, And so I am trying to do that, but summer is not necessarily the best time to do that uh, for me because there's one group Um, before I even moved here, a colleague of mine has this board gaming group that she's a part of that she runs out of her church and, uh, they've just been meeting for a couple months and yes, I mean, it's run out of a church. It's run by a colleague, but it's not just all pastors. Um, and it's focused on board gaming, not on church related things. It just happens to take place in a church. Um, but they decided to take a break for the summer. So I have not actually joined them yet. Um, but this fall, look forward to to joining them and trying to find some other local groups in the area to be a part of, because as I said in the last episode, being a single pastor, I I find it really hard and to be an introvert as well. I find it kind of hard to, to jump into groups Um, like ministeriums are easier to jump into because it's just a bunch of other pastors. And like, you know, we have that immediate connection, but I'm not one to go out and, go to shows or plays or concerts or, you know, go find people that I can hang out with. So that's something that's a goal I have for myself as the summer continues and fall kicks in to maybe try to find some of those groups. Um, But for right now, some of my self-care has been very much just me, myself, and I in organizing my new home. You know, it's, the moving process is fun. Not. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, it's something that myself and my colleagues as Methodist ministers tend to do for the most part a little bit more often than you guys as Lutherans do. But I know, Sarah, you've moved just as much as I have and just amount, you know, and sometimes further distances than I have. So you and you are probably, are you guys still unpacking or are you pretty settled now? 
Um, well, we had completely unpacked because we, since we have kids, we try to make it a practice to unpack as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but then our basement flooded last fall. And so That's our right basement now. got packed back up and is in our garage. And it's not going to be unpacked until our basement is finished, which who knows when that's going to be like um i feel like we're getting really close but finding time to like finish it is challenging yeah. um but i have a question for you in moving erica yes so um so for me i've moved yes just as often as you but like i move with the intention of this is going to be my home for the next 10 plus years and then i'm always really disappointed when that turns out to be not the case Mm -hmm. um, so like, I'm not moving with the idea of like, oh yeah, in three, five, seven years, I'm going to get moved again. Um, do you find yourself hanging on to cardboard boxes for yes. that eventual move? Yes. Um, and like, I don't, I don't know, like just how, how do you feel about like, cause clearly you went into ministry knowing that this was the type of ministry you were going to have, that it was going to involve a lot of moving. Um, do you find it to be that like a weird tension or challenge of like, these are my possessions, but at the same time, I hate moving with so much possessions. Do you find it easier to let things go? Do you find yourself holding on to certain things or not holding on? Like, what what is your current relationship i guess with stuff to put it stuff. not poetically <laughs> so boxes are a definite like there's a joke amongst methodist ministers that a, a good box you you do not get rid of you do not burn like you hold on to a good box as long as you possibly can and then when it finally deteriorates you mourn that box and you get a new one <laughs> Um, I invested in wardrobe boxes this year. And let me tell you what, that was amazing. Um, totally worth the investment. Um, but my issue with this current house that I'm in is I don't know where I'm going to store all these boxes now because <laughs> I don't have a basement to put them in like I had in the old house. Yeah, I have a garage, but all my Christmas stuff's in the garage. So, um, but my relationship with stuff is interesting because every time I move, I'm forced to go through my things and be like, okay, I have not worn this, touched this, used this in however many years I was at this appointment. And the longer the appointment and the less I've touched or used or worn something, the more likely I am to get rid of it. Um, you know, I think like when I moved from Warren to Marion Center, I probably held on to a lot more things um, than what I should have just because I wasn't in Warren for very long. And so I thought, well, maybe, you know, I might have use for this in Marion Center. And then I was in Marion Center for five years. And I'm like, okay, I didn't really touch this in Warren. I didn't touch this in Marion Center. That's been seven years. Yeah, it's probably time to get rid of it now. But then there's those things like memories, like, you know, pictures and, and things from um, like trips I've taken to Disney in my senior year and with my parents when I was younger, like those things that you keep in boxes just because they're memories. Mm -hmm. But you never like you just put them up in a closet somewhere and just like, OK, they're there if I want to go and look through them, um, which I haven't touched. Gosh, I went to last time I went to Disney was in 2001. So 20 years I haven't touched that stuff except to open up the box. And be like, oh, that's what's in that box. OK, take it back up, put it in the closet, hold on to it because my parents didn't want it in the house anymore. So, um, yeah, I. I 
I guess in some ways moving to me is helpful because then I do get rid of those things that like, okay, I have not used this. Do I don't need to move it to this next place. So um, it keeps me not a complete minimalist, but it helps me stay in that kind of mentality of trying to be as minimalist as possible, especially like moving from Marion Center to Winber. I've, I've always had a fireplace anywhere I've lived. And so I've had a mantle space and in Marion Center, I had four because it was a big double fireplace. It was huge. I don't have that space anymore. So like I'll, a lot of the things I used to decorate that space, like the mantle and the hearths on either side of the fireplace, where do I put those in this house? Cause I don't have a place for them. Right. Um, so I am still like, I have at the time of this recording, I have kind of got my living room situated, my kitchen situated, my office situated. Um, but my decorative stuff, like I don't have anything hanging on the walls. Um, my cure cabinets, not even the, the shelves aren't even put back into it. Um, yeah. So it's just, but those are like, I need my office, my kitchen, my living room space, and obviously the bedroom too. Like I need those spaces to be in order to be able to function. Mm-hmm. And honestly, besides the bedroom, the bathroom, uh, my office was like the first priority <laughs> to get that space in, in shape and in order. So it, hearing you, you talk about, especially the unpacking process, it reminds me of how much our stuff makes our space feel like home. Yeah. And um, so one of the series of books that I really, really loved as a child was the Little House series and um, not the TV show, but like the book series. Mm-hmm. And um, Ma Ingalls had this like little China shepherdess figurine that they took with them from place to place. And it was a marker for them to know that they were home when Ma would finally unwrap it from its like safe spot and mm-hmm. put it on the mantle or, or wherever, because they didn't take it out in temporary homes. Um, they really only took it out and put it in its place when they finally were home, when that place that they were in finally became home. Yeah. And it, it sounds a lot like that, that is true in your life as well as mm-hmm. like, here are, here are my things. Here's my stuff. And once all of the stuff has its proper place in, you know, whatever room they're in, that's when I know I'm finally here. I'm home. So funny story about that. Um, Being a Methodist, I have a lot of things associated with John Wesley. Um, In fact, in my office, I have five Wesley, five or six like Wesley items that are either pictures of John or like. I have a bobblehead of John Wesley things. <laughs> and I have from my seminary, um, the alumni director years ago asked me, what would be a good mascot for our seminary? I said, well, John Wesley, of course. So we made little stuffed dolls of John Wesley. Then eventually made one of his brother, Charles, that used to play our, our seminary fight song and can it be um, the batteries died in mine. So it doesn't play anymore. And then they came up with one for their mother, Susanna. And I could not find them. Like I knew I packed them somewhere. I just had not opened that box. And I thought I'd open all my boxes and was in my office one day and realized, oh, there's a couple boxes I haven't opened. And I found John, Charles and Susanna. 
And so when those made it onto the shelf, I'm like, okay, my office is good now. <laughs> and it, it sound, you know, that's just the nerdiness in me. When I found, when I find those certain decorations and certain things, I'm like, okay, now it's home. Yeah. I, now things are set in place. I think you've, you've hit on both that there's a sense of, home baseness when you get certain objects out but i also heard you describing sort of the need for like bringing order out of chaos not to get all genesis one on us but like um i was (laughs) i was thinking about how um as you're describing this how there are other faith traditions or i'm not even really sure what to call buddhism which is both sort of a religion and a philosophy and a way of life but like when you think about the practices of mindfulness that are part of Buddhism, you know, even from like the classic, you know, raking the stone gardens and the, you know, making the mm-hmm. lines, uh, um, uh, that there's a sense of finding or, or working on the discipline of peace or serenity through like small acts of bringing order out of confusion. Um, yeah. And again, it's, it's not quite like a religious practice, like, you know, someone might go on a religious pilgrimage in another religion or keep in kosher in Judaism. But there's, there's a piece to that, that I, sometimes I feel like in Christianity, um, we, we don't have a good set of practices for things like that for it. And, and maybe, maybe that's something we can learn from others and go like, yeah, what would be things that would be helpful for each of us to create little moments of order that then help us then to be a part of bringing order or beauty in the rest of our lives when it's not a stone garden with a rake or something like that. Um, but th- there's something I think fundamentally human about that desire that like we function better when we're we're in the midst of order rather than chaos or bringing beauty in the midst of you know whatever is disheveled or something like that um and that if there's even little outlets for creating that whether it's today's goal is unpack this box and at least bring order to one little corner of my world or something like that Mm -hmm. that that's something that 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 we need um and we don't always get sometimes life gives us those seasons of transition where yeah most of your life got all boxed up but we function better when things get slowly rearranged. And again, that's, that's self-care. It may not be glamorous, but that's self-care. Like most of my belongings besides furniture and the big things were just kind of dumped into my garage when I got moved here. And some of them I had labeled to go in certain rooms and everything, but didn't really get that communicated with the movers. And I'm not blaming them. That's just, you know, that's more on me than anything else. And, um, so I have a two stall garage, obviously I only have one car, but it took me two weeks to get that car into my garage because everything was just kind of scattered. You know, some boxes are half unpacked and other, you know, and like I said, I don't have a basement anymore. And in my last house, my basement was where I kept all my decorations for like Christmas time and all my good boxes and everything. And so now I'm trying to figure out, okay, there's this much shelving in, in this current garage and I had three times as much shelving between the basement and the last garage where do I put everything and so I finally just got my garage enough organized enough that I could kind of push everything into one stall and pull my car into the other so mm-hmm. it's out of the weather it's out of I mean it's summer so it's okay but like um but when I was able to do that I'm like okay good We're, that means I'm almost done kind of unpacking because that meant most of the boxes had a home somewhere like the things either the things in them had a home somewhere 
or they had a home for those things that don't really get unpacked from house to house to house. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't function well in chaos. Um, and like my office was just, I mean, there were boxes all over my desk and everything. And, and it was just, um, I have been tracking my books as I've been putting them up on the shelves. I have half a library worth of books. I have about 550 some odd, 560 some odd books. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of boxes. Yeah. I remember so during I one of my moves, boxes anymore. I remember during one of my moves, um, cause you know, I'm married to a pastor, but we, so we have both of our like church books libraries but then we also have a combined fiction library and you know we now have kids in their books and so we had basically an entire garage, uh, garage stall full of boxes of books for one of our moves and as they were loading up our boxes onto the truck one of the movers asked have you heard of this thing called a kindle <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i have one of those too that that's kind of what was our reply to of like, yep, yep, love Have Kindle. those too. There's just certain things about when you're a book nerd. There's something about having a physical book in your yeah. hand, especially church books. Like I yes. feel like it's really important to me to be able to put post-it notes and to like write things in the margins that you can't. You just it doesn't. It's it's harder to go back and reference an ebook in the same way. Yeah, um, yeah. Kindle you know, is like, definitely for like my what little bit of fiction I do read, like that goes on my Kindle. Yep. You know, but like stuff I'm going to teach out of or use as a reference, a lot of my books are from seminary. And so, like, Kindle was, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't, especially for like when you're in a classroom and you're using that paper, that book to reference in a paper or something that's just to go back and find what you're the quote that you liked and then to actually reference it correctly according to you know whatever standards that your seminary requires you to use it's just a pain when it's electronic work versus a physical book so yeah one of the things i have found really helpful about listening to you reflect erica is this awareness i hear in you of how the shape of self-care looks different in different seasons of life and that you're able to say there are some things that will happen like when the groups like the game group gets started again in the fall and to say that's going to be hopefully a regular structure that's a regular part of your life and it's not meeting right now but that doesn't mean you get to like turn off that human part of yourself now and say i'll be a robot now for the next couple of months and then later i can be a human when there's a but like okay there are needs for self-care and attending to how I function well right now, but also knowing that it's it's going to be different. And right now, the season of life means it may be unpacking things and bringing moment by moment, inch by inch, you know, order out of chaos where you are and seeing that, that that's also a part of self-care too, which again, I, I think this whole this whole topic is one that can be difficult for folks sometimes because in the life of, especially in, in the life of the church, we can be sort of ingrained with this uh, Martha rather than Mary, you know, stereotype of I should always be working and, and like, and we even use that language like, you know, uh, and we can, we can slide into that. I, 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 it's wrong to, to take care of yourself. That's too indulgent. Or on the other hand, we treat it like um, 
it's it's got to be a prayer retreat on some island or you know like sometimes it's just life stuff and the unboxing of boxes is is very much a, a part sometimes of, of what self-care looks like and doing laundry or washing dishes they're not always fun but they're things that need to be done that allow us to function in life um and that it's not mm-hmm. wrong or selfish to need to attend to those things that's a part of what life as full human beings is and, and you just mentioned like laundry and dishes steve so when you do your first load of laundry and your first load of you know in the dishwasher of a new place like okay i live here now yeah <laughs> yeah know? That's just another one of those like, okay, I've lived here long enough to have to recreate laundry mm-hmm. first off and then, you know, into dirty dishes. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is home now. Cause I'll be honest, like it, in the moving process, it didn't seem real. It didn't seem real. It didn't seem real until like I was here and I'm like, okay, this is real. Uh, I'm in a new place, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so getting into some of those routine things just helps to make it more homey at least for me maybe not for everybody but for me that you know those those little things are like okay this space is mine now it's funny um a couple weeks back uh as as we're recording my wife and i were on vacation uh this is our 20th year being married this summer is our anniversary and um so we got to take time uh where our kids got to stay with their aunt uncle and cousins and sarah and i got to take a trip uh, and we we rented like this little townhouse for a week, so that meant most of our meals we were still cooking. So you know we bought groceries at this week, and you know and, and I was noticing that even though in, in the course of regular life sometimes the daily chores like cooking dinner or washing dishes can feel tedious, in a place like this it was like oh it, when when a bunch of the other distractions are pared down oh washing dishes is not terrible it's this is a lovely fine thing and you get it done and you feel a sense of accomplishment and it's it's. It was like, uh, there's this, there's a line of a St. Teresa of Avila who says Christ moves among the pots and pans. And I like that idea that like, it, it, it's not like there are some places that are too secular or ordinary for Jesus to be, but like there's something holy and good about domestic tasks, even washing dishes. Sometimes in life, though, we get that piled on with a million other things that are work and family and who's punching who in the household and whose laundry needs to be washed. I mean, there's all these mm-hmm. other things and it, it sucks the joy out of those ordinary life kind of things. And I noticed in, in that week, like, what what is it? What was it that makes the difference that in this week when there aren't those, at least many of those other stressors there, I could find a weird kind of joy in washing dishes again um, and to discover maybe that's available all the time. I just got to find ways to keep the amount of background noise from all the other things from overpowering it, that there's something good that can be found even in the ordinary tedious stuff. Um, and that, again, I don't have to necessarily plan to go away to some monastery on an island for self-care, but it can be right here where we are, like, you know, the, the Brother Lawrence line of practicing the presence of God right where you are. Yeah. And I've been, sometimes I've posted like on social media, like I had a really productive Sabbath and I, and mm-hmm. I mentioned before, you know, Fridays are my Sabbath. And what I mean by that is like, I, I got the house cleaned, I got laundry done, I got, you know, dishes either washed or put in a dishwasher or whatever, you know, whatever my circumstances were. And people are like, if it's your Sabbath, why are you doing all these things? Because it helps me to relax. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've learned to be able to live in some amount of chaos because of the nature of the job that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's just some chaos that just kind of is always surrounding us as pastors. And I've learned to live with some chaos in my own home, you know, 
dirty laundry, clean laundry that needs put away or put in the wash or whatever, that kind of stuff. But like when I can declutter things and, and kind of start a fresh and, you know, start my next week off with like, ah, things are back to normal. That's why I take a week off every January to kind of undecorate from Christmas and to declutter my house in my mind and my spirit from Advent and everything that goes on during that season to be like, okay, I'm ready to tackle the next major season of the church year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there other things that you would have us take away from your experience in this season of transition for your own self-care, Erica? I would, I guess that just basically, you know, self-care looks very different for every person and it can look different in every season. You know, right now, a lot of my self-care, like I said, is just trying to organize and get a house set up. It's the season I'm in. If that's still the season I'm in in a year from now, that there may be some problems going on, <laughs> um, you know? Um, so self-care doesn't always have to be the same thing week in and week out. It can be. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's a, that's a good or a bad thing. It just depends on the person and the season that you're in. So if it looks like organizing um, for a season, great. If it looks like finding a knitting group, like Sarah mentioned, you know, do you and find what works for you. Yeah. That seems like solid advice and maybe a good place for us to stick a pin in things uh, here in this episode, but we'll be back at least for one more conversation on what self-care is looking like in this summer in the midst of everything else going on in the world. So join us next time here on Crazy Faith Talk. See y'all. Bye.